like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome back to New and Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And today we are looking at Steven's pick, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes, this came out in 2016. It's rated R. It's an hour and 26 minutes, so it hits right under that 90-minute golden spot. Synopsis for this movie is a father and son, both coroners, are pulled into a complex mystery while attempting to identify the body of a young woman who has apparently harboring dark secrets. And the small but talented cast we have for this movie is uh, Brian Cox. Always love seeing him. Oh, yeah. Emile Hirsch, uh, Ophelia Lovibond, Michael McKelleton, and Olwyn Catherine Kelly, who does a great job playing Jane Doe, basically lying there the whole movie. Right. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Emile Hirsch is really famous for the movies like A Girl Next Door and The Darkest Hour. And then Brian Crocs, of course, is Stryker in the Wolverine X-Men series. <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, X2. Remember X-Men 2? Yep. Really small cast for this movie. There's a few others. Like, the, the t- entire listing of actors for this movie is, like, ten people long. Which I love that they give a credit to the cat, too. Uh, yep. <laughs> S- Sydney plays San- Stanley the cat. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the main thing i love about this movie is i think the atmosphere it's really eerie and like dark and oh yeah the tension building around that is just executed so well yeah no it's seriously um it's an incredible incredible movie and it really does horror in a different way and i i love the horror in the autopsy kind of world because that's always been something that's kind of always been a, like a really creepy thing to think about, like people getting paid to dissect bodies to figure out the like, causes of death and stuff. But, like the things that they see is probably more horrifying than most other people see, and so making a horror movie around that is really fun. And I think it's really fascinating how they kind of approach the autopsy, and I mean a lot of it is done practically. I I think there's maybe a little CGI here and there, but. A lot of it's done practically, and I think that just makes it even more, uh, I guess, hard to watch because it it brings a sense of realism to it. Watching, you know, them look at the different parts of the body and kind of figure out what happened to this Jane Doe, and it's it's masterfully done. Yeah, and not all of it is uh, scientifically accurate, but you know, for the <laughs> no. most part, it is pretty solid. Uh, and it, it's really funny, like talking about like fans of this movie, one of the, a really big fan of this movie actually is Stephen King. He actually said that this movie is a visceral horror to rival alien and early Cronenberg watch it, but not alone. That was a direct quote from Stephen King about this movie. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I think I love that. Um, it feels like a more personal and I guess close quarters movie, you know, it's not filled with a ton of characters you know, and making a bunch of stupid decisions. A lot of the main characters are working together. And I mean, most of the time you see the father and son working together and they are actually really smart about almost everything going on. Like even partial partway through the movie, they make the smart decision of just trying to leave. Unfortunately they can't, but yep. Yeah, no, they, the characters in this are actually like really smart. And this is the, this director, Andre 
I can't even pronounce his name. Overdrals. Uh, it's a Swedish name, so I don't know exactly how to pronounce the different Swedish letters. But it's his first English film ever, actually. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Very, very interesting indie kind of horror film. It wasn't very popular or anything, but I got to say, for his kind of, I like those kind of like really claustrophobic horrors where it's set in like one room and there's not a lot to it not many cast members not a lot of like there's nothing to muddy it up it's all just really quick it's really action-packed it's really thought-provoking it's really eerie just everything you need in a good horror it's a nice like simple tight script that has a really good setup and i don't know i really like that yeah um any other thoughts or anything you want to say before we get into some of our spoilers i think uh you should definitely check out this movie. It's definitely worth the watch, uh, especially if you're kind of into, you know, those claustrophobic horror movies or just like a good mystery. Like, it's really fun trying to figure out the mystery of, like, how Jane Doe died, you know, along with the main characters. Like, you get to go with them on that journey. Oh, yeah. So definitely, I would highly recommend this movie. I also highly recommend this movie. Um, I think this one's worth a buy for any true horror fans out there. Uh, Watch it anywhere you can, but if you can't find it to stream or anything, just go ahead and rent it, buy it, do whatever you can to watch this movie. Guarantee you, most of you are not going to be disappointed by this movie. Yeah, besides that, though, I think it's not too much to talk about. Like we said, it's a really short 90 minute movie it's really just set with one room so there's not a lot to talk about that's not spoilery (laughs) so i guess uh before we move on next week we are looking at guardians of the galaxy volume three yes so go check it out in theaters right now and with that we'll move on to the spoilers all right so yes uh starting this movie we start out on a crime scene um inside the crime scene it's just like old couple's house pretty bloody inside the house and the cops are like looking around it seems like they're kind of all having the same thoughts of i think this family is trying to escape it doesn't look like anyone broke in it looks like someone was trying to escape mm-hmm. and there was just uh both the couple ended up dead they go to the basement of the house and they find a body down there it's a female body that was buried half buried in the dirt and her face is poking out so they pull her out and take her to this family-owned morgue where this father and son run this morgue together yeah and when we meet the father and son they're uh finishing up an autopsy of a different uh victim and the father is using this moment to teach his son you know about causes of death so he's asking his son the cause of death and he first thinks it is uh, smoke inhalation due to the scarring on the lungs, and it just seems like that's it. And he's like, well, uh, everybody has a secret. You know, some just hide it better than others. And they talk about take a closer look. And he notices that in the base of the skull, there was actually, uh, what do you say? It was like a hematoma. or It was a blood hemorrhage. Uh, he yeah, fell into the hemorrhaging. Head. Yeah, it got hit in the back of the head. So he's like, you know, you got to look for those details. It might look like it's one way, but there's always something else. Yep. You have to definitely be very, very thorough with these searches. You can't just go off of first instinct with a job like this because those details really do matter. Because a lot of people could see the smoke inhalation and be like, oh, he just died from breathing in too much smoke. But 
not a lot of people would have realized that, oh, he had the blood hemorrhage from hitting his head and he died because of that. And then the smoke ended up happening after he was dead. Yeah. And so with that, uh, they put the body away and uh, as they're going to leave, the son is like, you know, I'm going to go out with a date tonight with my girlfriend and she shows up to pick him up and uh, we get this really fun moment where she wants to see a dead body and he's like, well, no, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Like, it's it's really hard. And yep. the uh, father comes in and it's like, well, if she really wants to see and thinks she can handle it, go ahead. And Which yeah, I'm they, pretty sure is a big HIPAA violation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's some, some tomfoolery going on there with that. But uh, it's pretty great. I love this uh, scene right here, too, because... She notices that the body has bells tied to their feet. And he's talking about it's an old tradition because it used to be really hard to know if someone was actually dead on your table. So you tie bells on their feet. That way, if you they ended up like waking up from being unconscious or something and you thought they were dead, you could hear the jingle of the bells and know that someone was still alive. And then while she's like looking at the body and about ready to look underneath the cloth to see this guy's blown out face the dad jingles the bell and terrifies her (laughs) and i'm like you dick (laughs) it's pretty great but that right there throughout the movie you just every once in a while you hear a bell but i've i've never flinched or squirmed more whenever i hear a bell and so it's like even after watching the movie (laughs) it's almost the hearing that bell is almost the same thing as hearing the the conjuring Oh, yeah, the claps. <laughs> oh, God. Every time someone used to do that, and I used to have friends that knew I used to be such a baby to horror movies, so they'd come up behind me and, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is this is pretty awesome. And then uh, we get the son was going to go out with his girlfriend for a date, but then this Jane Doe body comes in, and he notices the sheriff looks very distraught when he's bringing this body in. So he's like, "I'm uh, maybe I should stay. And... Apparently, he's thinking about leaving uh, the mortician job, and he just hasn't told his dad yet. Ever since his mom died, he's been trying to help out a lot more with his dad, but he doesn't want to live this life anymore. And so he's like, I'm going to stay with my dad. I'll meet you for a late night movie after this is done. I promise. Come back. Pick me up at 11 o'clock. And yeah, we get the corpse rolling and then the cat immediately starts growling and hissing at this corpse, which is never a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Trust, trust animals if they start wigging out at something, you know? And so they, uh, go ahead and start with the exam of the body. And in the movie, they talk about how there are four. They're doing like a four stage autopsy, mm-hmm. which I think is, um, semi accurate to real life, but it's also not quite accurate. Cause there's a lot more steps. They kind of, breeze through it yeah but they start with uh the state first stage which is the external exam looking at the outside of the body seeing you know what oddities are, are on the body and they notice yeah. that her ankles and her wrists are broken but the skin is still intact there's no bruising or anything yeah they say that the ankle and wrist joints are completely shattered but there's no external damage there's no discoloration no bruising no nothing no like rope marks so it seems very very odd and this is like the very first thing where we're like okay and then like they check her eyes and they notice she has gray eyes which also is like 
that's odd. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, they say on? her eyes should be grayed out after a while of decomposing, but her body seems so pristine. It's like they shouldn't be at that stage yet. Yeah. Um, they also look underneath her fingernails and her toenails and realize that there's dirt, but it's dirt that comes from like the Northeast, like New England areas. This red dirt. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then they end the external exam with opening her mouth and they see that her tongue had been looks. They think maybe like she bit it off, but the father's like, no, looks like someone took a knife and sliced through her tongue and cut her tongue out. Yep. And uh, we get like a, a bug flying out of her nose and we get all this like weird other stuff that's happening and they take a little like blood samples and stuff. And this is one of the first weird moments when, he takes a blood sample from her and then puts it into the fridge and then turns his back and then turns back again. And the blood is like multiplied a lot and spilled like, everywhere. Yeah, like drained out of the vial all over inside the fridge and dripped outside of the fridge. It's really bizarre. So then they go from there to start stage two, which is the internal exam. So they go to cut open you know, her chest to look inside. And as they cut into her skin, she starts bleeding profusely. And they're Mm -hmm. like, she shouldn't be bleeding like this unless she's alive. Like her arteries are still pumping blood. Or within the first couple of hours, they said of being dead. Yeah. Within the first couple of hours. So it's really bizarre. And they just, you know, of course, clean up the blood and move on from there. And they move on to their third stage, which is also, checking internal organs like i don't know they mixed stage two and three together yeah well and the other thing is too during this time we also get the radio bugging out and the power bugging out a little bit and the radio starts playing this like really weird older song Mm -hmm. about the devil (laughs) yeah start hearing that and then they change the station of the radio and it talks about how there is a heavy storm rainstorm coming and that there's going to be flooding and you Mm -hmm. should stay inside and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So we get all these like weird things happening and throughout the entire process. So I kind of wrote down all of the things that they diagnosed while doing the autopsy. I could list it all out just to show to everything, just to show you how much this chick went through. It's ridiculous. So yeah, she had her, she had her tongue cut out. She had, Seemed dead for days, but also fresh with no rigor mortis at all. Her ankle and wrist were shattered with no external damage. She had the gray eyes. She had vaginal trauma. She had tons of blood when cut open. Her heart had cuts on it and already had scar tissue. She had internal scar tissue on some of her organs. Um, She had black lungs, worse than smoking 10 packs of cigarettes a day for 30 years. She was poisoned. She was paralyzed. She was burned. She was stabbed. She had a pulled molar out that they ended up find wrapped in a shroud that was she was forced to swallow. <laughs> and then underneath the surface of the skin, we also see cult and religious symbols. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it, it's throughout this process, the, the sun's really starting to be like, dad, I think we need to stop this. Like this is starting to get super weird. None of this stuff makes any sense. What the hell is going on? I don't know what's going on. They find this like flower that's also from like New England. And um, some of the writing looks like it comes from like way older times. 
and you're just like this is so weird it's got biblical markings and stuff in some of the writing and some of the etches on her skin yeah and the uh the shroud that they pulled out of the stomach that was um that also had the molar in it and near the flower that they found in her intestines on the shroud uh when folded together uh it is written leviticus 2027 and the shroud is dated to be from 1693 yes so they the son immediately thinks she's a new england uh like salem witch child witch which his father uh, was like no that wasn't actually real those were all just innocent girls that were tortured and then they kind of make the remarks of what if the torture turned her into a witch yeah i think they talk about how you know they tortured and the death caused her to become supernatural a supernatural being that she is now which is like a witch apparently she may have been innocent but they're like her body shows all the ways that people of the past tried and failed to stop her from being a witch. But it turns out all this religious stuff they did and they made these markings may have actually caused her to become a supernatural being. Yeah. Super, super interesting stuff. And the, the movie starts getting really, really weird and creepy around this time. And uh, they're doing this autopsy in and out of also just like, running for their lives and getting scared power goes out all the bodies that were in the morgue disappear they start hearing bells they start seeing like glimpses of the dead bodies there's this awful hallway that they have and these are true these a lot of hospitals and a lot of morgues and stuff have these stupid mirrors that are tucked up in the corner of the hallway that way you can see what's happening that's coming down the other hallway if you need to and there's so many little scares and little easter eggs and little like dead people that you see in the mirrors every time they're walking down the hallways and it's super creepy (laughs) yeah and i guess they uh while all this is going on like they end up going through so many things where the bodies attack them or the father even gets attacked by one of the bodies and like hurts his stomach in a way to where it's all bruised up yeah it looks like uh, broken ribs like shattered ribs yeah and they end up at one point you know when they try to escape uh, a tree from the storm had fallen on top of the door exiting the basement of this house so they can't get out now and the elevator is not working so i don't know that it's it's a really interesting movie where they take it because they end up talking about themes of like depression and um they allude to how the father's wife had died and he talks about how everything is fine on the outside um used to call her ray because she was a little ray of sunshine but you know just because the outside is all happy sunshine it's not always good on the inside and talks about how the wife you know it's kind of, yeah, alluded to that she killed herself. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> powerful. And there's a couple scenes like that. And I think the most powerful one is at one point they are just done and they go to the elevator and actually get it working. And that scene in the elevator is so oh. simple yet effective. Yeah, it is. It's just very emotional. Like the father's opening up to the son and addressing his wife's death and just everything that's been happening is it's really powerful there's a big moment that happens right before the elevator door closes which causes them to have this heart to heart too 
because uh, as they're trying to get the elevator doors open, the girlfriend had came back and they're still seeing which started a fire in the crematorium that filled the entire like hallways with smoke. And they keep seeing the bodies and they have an axe and they were like cutting down one of the doors. They're trying to get into the elevator with it. The dad takes the axe. And as soon as they pry the elevator doors open and they're trying to get the elevator door shut, he sees the dead body again and he goes to cut the dead body with the axe thinking hopefully it'll stop it. And turns out that it was all just an illusion and he ended up killing the dude's, the son's girlfriend. Yeah, it's it's really effective because, you know, you see the body that had like they talked about how one of the bodies missing had uh, a shotgun wound to the face. Yep. Do you see that body kind of in the smoke? And then, yeah, he hits it and then it camera view changes and you see the girl just with a shocked look on her face and the axe is like in her chest. Yeah. To the ground. And it's just so heartbreaking. Well, and I love like so many of these moments because like there's tons of moments throughout this movie where the son is saying like we need to get the fuck out of here we just need to do this let's just light her on fire let's just do like he's literally trying to think of everything he could think of in all the smartest ways like we said at the beginning of this movie the characters in this are actually pretty intelligent the dad Mm -hmm. is really like all science no religion none of that stuff so he doesn't want to believe that a lot of this stuff's possible so he thinks it's just he's trying to like wrap his head around it but the son's just like We've seen too much weird shit already, and you're like dying, and I don't know what the hell's going on. My girlfriend's dead now. We don't like. There's bodies walking around. We've both been seeing them. Uh, everything that seems to be happening to this girl is happening to you now. And then it kind of clicks in his head, like, "Oh my god, I think that's exactly what it is." And he like goes and pleads with her, like, "Well, they." Oh yeah, go ahead. Before that, go, go for it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. So before all that happens, they decide to finish the autopsy to try to figure out how she died to see if there's a way to stop her. And they do the last part where it's examining the brain and they cut open her head and look at the brain and they realize that the brain cells are still active. And they realize that throughout this whole autopsy, since she's been alive and is this supernatural being... She actually could feel everything happening to her while she, the autopsy was happening, and she wants to make them feel the same way she feels. Yep. So she's going to kill them both, and the father then, like you said, pleads with her, just says, you know what, take me, let the boy live. And then so it's this really cool scene where suddenly he gets hurt, and wounds start appealing appearing on him and the body starts healing itself yeah. the jane doe body like he looks like he gets stabbed his eyes go cloudy he breathes out smoke like his lungs Ew. just got blackened and he's just in this immense pain all his uh his wrists and ankles break and he yep. falls to the ground it's it's so intense so i have a theory kind of if you want to Uh, indulge me here on a little bit of this so i think that they would have been if he didn't cut his wrist on her rib when he first started the autopsy i don't know Mm -hmm. if any of this stuff would have happened really you don't think so because i mean she was already bleeding before that yeah i i I know there is some weird stuff with it but i do kind of wonder about that but i also wonder if that was only going to kill the dad 
at that point because most of the things like all the cutting into the dad did when he was breaking the ribs the dad cut the ribs so the dad did a lot of the actual harming of the jane doe body and so i think it was only going to kill the dad until when she started attacking the dad and all these things started happening just like you said and she starts to heal and then he begs for his son to end his life and the son mm-hmm. takes a scalpel and stabs him through the heart with it and that i think is what sealed the son's fate as well because i think the son might have actually survived that if he didn't intervene with the father well and i found that i find that interesting cuz i feel like it also links back to her past when she died. She was innocent. And so as she was innocent, I feel like her all her victims are innocent too. So I feel like the son probably would have gotten killed anyway. Maybe. But I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So, it, it, it's, just a, it's just a theory. It's just it, a it thought is an interesting that I had. theory. I, I do... Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting watching, you know, the father sitting there like going through all of this pain. And he does look at his son and gives him the look like, please end it but he can't talk because his tongue uh-huh. got cut out yep. so yeah the son stabs him and then he hears the like I guess the sheriff show up yep. and so the son runs upstairs to open up that door with the tree on it and <laughs> he's like open up open up and he keeps saying open open and then it turns into a song yeah he starts singing the song that was playing on the radio that devil song yeah and so the son turns around because he realizes you know that's not real he can't open the door and when he turns around his dad is standing there dead scares him and the son falls off the balcony and dies yeah yeah the other reason for my theory mainly was that the son never had anything bad happen to him throughout the entire movie until after he stabbed his father so the dad had the broken ribs the dad got attacked by the the demons inside the closet, the dad got thrown around, but this, the son never had anything happen to him until after he stabbed his dad. That's very true. Yeah. Which yeah, I guess I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my <laughs> other reasoning for it. I was like, it's so weird that nothing happens to the kid. And like, even in the hallways when they're like in the smoke, the dad's freaking out, seeing all these uh, dead bodies and hearing the bells and stuff, but the son's not. The son's just like thinking his dad's still with him. And then he turns back around and then sees his dad on the ground. He's like, what are you doing? Like, what What happened? Are you okay? Like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so when, uh, I guess after the son dies, it cuts to the morning when the sheriff actually does show up. Yep. And you see the three victims' bodies. And as they're wondering what the hell happened, you hear on the radio that, you know, the weather is perfect. The sun is you know, shining three straight skies days of sunshine. Exactly. Yeah. Three so straight days. Even that radio forecast they heard earlier during the movie was all fake. And it was just her messing with them, trying to keep them inside. So when you realize that, you know, the gal, her Jane Doe herself was bending reality in the immediate area around them to cause everything, you know, the storm, the bodies coming to life, the fires and everything else. Yeah. It, so it's, it's super interesting. And when they, the sheriff gets into the autopsy room, the body is just lying there and it looks like it had never even been cut open. The cut is healed up. Her eyes are brown again and she's just lying there pristine. So it almost, it looks like they didn't even start the autopsy. It's just something bad happened. And he's like, you know what? 
I want this body out of my city. Let's just send it to I, a different world. I love this part right here because like one of the cops is like, oh my God, do you think it was like a suicide thing? Do you think like they like killed each other? It kind of looks like that. Like, what do you think happened? And he goes, I've known this family for 20 years. They wouldn't do anything of what anybody's thinking in their heads right now. I want this body gone. Get this body out. I uh, the, I don't know what the hell is happening, but this body is the reasoning for all of it. I've been weirded out by this body this entire time. <laughs> and I think with this whole, I think she gets power every time she kills people because she gets put in the back of this vehicle. And as it's driving away, the radio starts singing that weird song again. Yep. And you see... You hear a bell ring, but you also see her toes move. So it's like at this point, she's coming fully alive. I feel like if they were to do a yeah. sequel, that's probably where it would go. I kind of hope they don't do a sequel for this. Yeah they they ended this movie nicely. That it does have an open ending, but it ended nicely. Yeah, I, I, I they really really like it. Um. One of the things I've actually been debating talking about is I've been debating doing like a, a kind of like a, a recommended double feature for this or a recommended thing kind of in that same genre. So one of the things that I've watched recently that has really same similar feelings to this is actually in the Netflix uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, oh, episode three, there's an episode called The Autopsy. It's 57 minutes long and it's really eerily like it's a completely different storyline where it's more aliens than it is demons, but it is super like similar vibes throughout the entire thing. And if you liked this or that, then you would also like this other one. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was kind of a fun thing. Like I was just like, you know, cause we've also Jen and I just watched that like, last week or something and i was like oh my god watching both of those like within a day of each other i was like these are so similar but so creepy and they're so good and, like i i love them both so much so i, I just said yeah, check that one out too might be something else to check out yeah. <laughs> so yeah i guess did you have anything else about jane doe this movie i think is just really good claustrophobic horror i think it's uh, accurate enough with its scientific research and stuff and the way they do the autopsy there is some times where they completely go off book, but I also say that's just because they're feeling like they're dealing with a witch at that point and they don't care about protocols after that point. <laughs> but besides that, like this movie is just seriously just incredible. I think everyone should give it a watch if you enjoy that kind of thing. And yeah, I don't have much else to say about it. You? Uh, I say check out this movie. It's a really fun watch and... Uh, the way it's, you know, shot and framed has this sense of realism and also a sense that something is watching you the whole time. So oh, I yeah. I think it's a movie that is definitely worth checking out, especially if you're a fan of horror. Yeah. <clears throat> and like David said, next week we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, so we'll see you then. All right, bye.